0: Welcome to Better Call Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And we're here today to talk about Season 5, Episode 5. We're halfway through the season Better Call Saul. The halfway through the second to last season. Uh, it's called Dedicado a Max, which if you uh, are a Breaking Bad fan, you probably recognize the name Max. Mm-hmm. It's uh, short for Maximino, I think. Uh, Arseniega. Is...
1: Maximino, it can't. Is it that? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. oh yeah. I only saw Max in my research. Go on.
0: Uh, yeah, Maximino Arciniega who is Gus's old chicken. He's one of the chicken brothers. He's one of.
1: He is one of the chicken brothers. The, the
0: Poyos Hermanos. Hermanos. Uh, he's yeah. not
1: one of the chickens. He's one of the brothers. <laughs> yeah, he's one of
0: the chicken <laughs> brothers. Uh, and he got killed. Uh,
1: Super killed. Yeah, right killed by of... Don
0: Audio, which is. You know, like Gus goes on this whole thing about revenge at the end, um, or not a whole thing. He just says, I think you understand revenge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. So this episode, uh, we we see a town that Gus has created, a village that Gus has created, or maybe this is where Max grew up. I don't know. We could talk about it, but that's the meaning of this title.
1: That is the meaning of the title. We are not sure, because we know that Gus saved Max in Santiago, which is in Chile. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if Max is actually from there, if he was just there, kind of living the school at Hard Knocks. I mean, we
0: hardly know where Gus is from. Like, there, There's so much mystery behind...
1: We do know that he is from Chile.
0: Well, from, what does from mean? Like, it's born fair. in Chile? Yeah. Bo- uh, born in Mexico, moved to Chile? Like,
1: I wouldn't say that we are from Cincinnati, but we live here.
0: We do, yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of mystery behind Gus um, and his... Not even just his childhood, this his co uh enslaving childhood, but <laughs> uh, also you know what he did in the meantime. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, uh, I'm I'm thinking we might get some more information about that coming up here pretty soon.
1: Yeah, if if not, at the very least in the next season, it'd be it's nice. Thirteen episodes in the next season. I just saw that
0: there are. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, what do you think of the episode overall?
1: I really enjoyed how there was a conflict in almost every scene,
0: Uh
1: (laughs) or a confrontation, I should say, Uh because there's always conflict. Otherwise, you don't have a story. That's how stories Uh, work. That's drama. That's drama, drama, baby. baby. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of the characters that we've seen kind of walking the line between the light side and the dark side Mm -hmm. seem to have crossed the line. Hmm. By the end of this episode, mm-hmm. which I also enjoyed, I, I like seeing progress, especially in a show like this, which is a little slow. It kind of focuses on character development, mm-hmm. which can leave you wanting sometimes. But I feel like we got more, and we got another fucking Saul Goodman montage, which oh, I'm it's always so glorious. Sign me up every single time.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's one of my favorite parts of the episode, just to see what in- ingenious schemes he come up comes up with, and by extension, what the writers can come up with, mm-hmm. and. It's always amazing to me when they do these like rapid fire, how many things, you know, they don't have to do much. They just come in with, with paperwork and say, Jimmy's did this, Jimmy did that, but like all these different schemes that he could do, right?
1: Right. That's the thing. That's the cool thing about this montage is that Mm -hmm. he isn't actually trying with any one thing to actually stop the construction. He's just trying to be enough of a nuisance to make them want to quit, which turns out was the exact wrong scheme
0: well he's playing with kid gloves like because kim's involved because he wants to keep this somewhat legal um so that kim doesn't get in too much trouble if it goes south
1: trying to walk that line Yeah.
0: yeah um he's he's playing with kid gloves on here i fear that at the end of this episode they might be off but we'll see All right. Well, I really liked it, too. Maybe we should talk about the episode itself.
1: We should. That's what we're here for.
0: start off with Mike uh, meeting the woman running the house that he's now staying in. Mrs. Cortazar. Mrs. Cortazar, yep. She invites him to sit down, so he grabs his coat and begins walking down the road. (laughs) Because he's Mike. It's
1: a natural human reaction to Uh an offer of breakfast.
0: Uh, He gets tired, and he stops, and then this electric cart rolls up to pick him up, and it's Gus's doctor who gets out. And ask Mike to allow him to please keep him alive, because that's what he's supposed to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they really make Mike look rough in this scene. Like they they bust him up pretty good.
1: Good, because he's been stabbed, so he should he should look pretty rough.
0: Yeah, I, I always feel like they do a, just a little extra to to everybody who gets damaged in these shows. Like re- remember, I think it's back in the pilot episode when Jesse Pinkman gets like. A black eye, but it's like a really disgusting. It's the gnarliest fucking, black it lasts eye. for
1: like three episodes, yeah. It's gnarly. <laughs> and then there's
0: the the beating he takes uh from mm-hmm. Hank, like mid run of that show. Yeah. His face is just destroyed. They went
1: ham with a prosthetics for sure. <laughs> they really do. All right. Prosthetics?
0: Huh? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Prosthetics okay. makeup, I'm sure it's the whole the whole nine yards. For sure. Did you
1: notice that? The framing of this whole thing with Mike sitting on that log is very, very much echoing his final scene in Breaking Bad.
0: I was getting a little bit of that vibe. Yeah, yeah. we're sort of looking over the the tall grass here um, from a distance. We're mm-hmm. yeah, doing doing the close ups of him just sort of staring.
1: I think he might even be hurt in the same place.
0: So yeah, it's less I forget of an where echo he was shot. A... I don't remember exactly where he was shot, but yeah, it could be. Uh, of course it's stubborn Mike. I don't know where he's thinking he's going to walk to. He has no idea where he is. I, th- I think he's just walking until he sees this sign that says like some town he's never heard of is four kilometers away. And he's like, oh shit.
1: <laughs> I think he's just trying to figure out which country he's in for sure. Mm-hmm. We could, we could say because we can see the straw filter. So we know that we're in Mexico, but he, he can't <laughs> right. see the straw filter.
0: Fair. Uh, yeah. And he, and he could start to guess, you know, they use kilometers instead of miles. Mm-hmm. They're speaking Spanish. Like. Gus is affiliated with the cartel. He can start to piece all that together. Right. And then at the end of the scene, when uh, Dr. Goodman says, hey, uh, just please allow me to keep you alive. <laughs> there's a moment where Mike thinks about it.
1: <laughs> he He's does. Like, He's like, nah. ah,
0: fine, <laughs> fine. I guess I want to be kept alive.
1: He has two of those moments in this in this one episode. It's uh-huh. a stubborn motherfucker.
0: He sure is. Him and Him and Jimmy both uh speaking of jimmy let's go over to saul he infiltrates the demolition crew who are planning to take down acker's house and the cops show up with an eviction order and saul creates a dispute over the address of the property uh and they they've got evidence to prove that this might not be the house that they think it is uh in the form of letters and bills so the demolition stalls while they clear up the confusion this is great i love how he just slips into this group and all the reactions from the various yes. people it's a great shot because you get to see everyone's face at the same time mm-hmm. and so you can sort of follow this conversation uh without the camera ever having to cut and it's just beautiful it's so smooth
1: i was also focused so much on the the foreman's whole thing mm-hmm. that i did not notice that Saul had yeah. sn- snuck up
0: <laughs> first time around i <laughs> i oh saul's here who are you wait yeah. You're not a construction guy.
1: <laughs> I had to rewind it to look at it again to see how he had snuck in and he literally parted the uh-huh. <laughs> the bright yellow sea. Uh,
0: you know, after watching this scene, I realized I actually have no idea how addresses are legally determined. I was like, could he get could away with this? I have no idea. I have zero idea.
1: should read about the reservations and how it's handled there. It's... Is it insane? It's insane. It's crazy. There is no... You can kind of just say what you want to.
0: There's got to be a a place of record, obviously, Mm -hmm. that has all these addresses um, and their official designations. Mm -hmm. Like, this is 1130 versus 1240. But would you have immediate access to that? Probably not.
1: Also, when you have this big open expanse, like you do with... I I guess they already tore down all the other houses and Uh scraped it away to the bare desert earth.
0: (laughs) Right. Based on
1: what we can see.
0: And then put up a, a <laughs> fuck you billboard in the background.
1: Yes. So it's even harder to determine which lot is actually which.
0: But yeah. that
1: was, of all the plays, that was probably the smartest one. And it's also fun with addresses again. I was waiting yeah. to see if consequences yeah, is... from that would come back. But as we see, we didn't even need to go that deep.
0: No, no, all of these... these plans are superficial they're meant to annoy and mm-hmm. stall and cost uh I almost said hhm mesa verde <laughs> money money
1: mm-hmm. um to make it to make it look like they would actually be saving a little bit of money by switching yeah. to the other law that's been available this whole time
0: right if and if you didn't have a stubborn asshole like kevin <laughs> man that, that, everybody's so stubborn in the show so, so stubborn.
1: stubborn and they don't want to talk to each other they do they not they need therapy
0: if we will get there. Uh, let's Speaking of stubborn people, Kevin, Paige, and Kim talk about the address hiccup, and Kim breaks the bad news that Jimmy is now Acker's lawyer. Kim offers to withdraw from the Carry project, but still handle everything else as usual. Kevin, however, thinks that uh, Acker hired Jimmy specifically to take Kim away from them, and he's not going to let him win, and Kevin's not worried about the conflict of interest, so they decide that Kim needs to stay on the project. Which... Man, th- there's some line here that Kim crosses. Um, and I think it's after this scene. I don't I don't think it's here like she she thought she was going to get off this project pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um and then she wouldn't have to, you know, kick this old man out of his house, but somewhere along the line she devils down and reinvests in the idea of winning i er, like kim stubborn in this episode uh she refuses to give up when you know she's played all her cards and and she really really shouldn't go any further she shouldn't double down again because the stakes are just too high Uh, it does
1: seem i i wouldn't say out of character for her but definitely like the furthest extension of like you said her particular stubborn streak
0: yeah and she definitely has had one in the past. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing that makes her such a good lawyer in a lot of cases is she's willing to get in there, put in the work to get the result that she wants right, uh, for her clients or for herself. Um, she's usually just doing it in a more legal way. Uh, here she's going to extra legal means um, to, to, do, to get the same effect. But we'll see how that works out. <laughs>
1: I like how Kevin says he smells a rat, but he doesn't realize she's literally sitting in front of him.
0: Yeah, she is yeah, I know a scam when I see one. Uh-huh. All this, which it's... good
1: instincts. It is definitely uh-huh. a scam, but
0: well, it makes me wonder: are they are they setting them up to get caught? Like, how long is she going to get away with this? Especially now that Schweikert, Rich Schweikert, is to her. By the end of this episode,
1: her. we know that Schweikert knows what's up.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know how many times do you double down before the risk is too high.
1: That's the that's the question of Kim, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, so the doctor patches up Mike Mike's wounds
1: back in Mexico.
0: Yep, Mike wonders aloud if he's uh if he's being held here against his will. And the doc assures him that no, you can leave at any time. (laughs) In fact, he tells him exactly how to leave, but also (laughs) that he probably wouldn't survive the journey because he's too uh, badly injured. Mike wants to know why he's here, but the doc doesn't know.
1: I really appreciate the juxtaposition of that super shiny modern fountain in the middle of this Mm -hmm. adobe town that was nice and this is also the scene where it pans over the dedication plaque and we see that this is dedicato a max
0: yeah and Mike in this scene is looking for something that is off about this place right something that's less than serene something that's less than uh Uh, the Garden of Eden that, you know, Gus wants it to be. Mm. And he can't find it.
1: He's also weighing his options. This is the second time he's like, well, I could could run again Mm -hmm. like I do.
0: Ruin another shirt.
1: (laughs) Ruin yet another shirt kindly (laughs) provided to him. I'm sure he did not have a day pack when he got stabbed.
0: Oh, no. No, he made it. He made a bindle.
1: He made a bindle? Probably. Where was he hiding it? His pockets. His pockets, his enormous old man pockets. Uh-huh. Man, you guys are so lucky. You don't even know your pockets are actually functional. Ugh.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like this town or this village, I, I would call it, because it's very small, is is really nice. Um, you know, these people are living good lives with very good health care, apparently. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's stocked full of uh, all kinds of medicines.
1: There's a school here, it seems There's like. a
0: school. Yeah. Um, so they've got, you know, healthcare, education. They've got, uh, it seems like they're living their best life.
1: There were a couple of times in this episode where I thought, man, that place seems great. Where mm-hmm. do I sign up? Do I need to get stabbed? To, is yeah. that what happens?
0: If your worst problem is you got a leak in your window. Yeah. That's a pretty good problem to have.
1: That's a pretty good problem to have.
0: And uh, when somebody else is paying for it, too. That's also nice. hmm <laughs> Gus.
1: And all you have to do is wander around and fix stuff occasionally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Get better, heal.
0: Yeah, they're they're a long way from America. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to be like somewhere near Mexico City-ish because a day's bus ride. I looked it up. If you drove for a day, which granted buses are slower, um, mm-hmm. so it's gonna take. You know, it might be two thirds as far away. Um, if you were going to drive it, but you'd have to be down at Mexico City for it to be a day away. Uh, so yeah, some somewhere in that vicinity. And that's many, many, many miles from El Paso, which is right on the border.
1: Yeah, he needs to have, the doctor needs to have access to medical supplies too mm-hmm. within a reasonable time.
0: It makes me wonder how they kept him passed out. Like, was he in that bad a shape where he just didn't... Like he passed out from blood loss or something and then just didn't wake up during the whole journey to Mexico city I'm
1: assuming he was drugged to keep him from crashing about and being all crazy like he does.
0: I didn't know you could drug Mike. I wasn't sure drugs would work on that old crusty bastard.
1: (laughs) Didn't know if needles could pierce his turtle skin, is that what you're saying? Exactly. So mean. (laughs) Listen, we can't, we can't give him a hard time about his looks every single episode. (laughs) Gotta space it out.
0: (laughs) Hey, they made him look this bad. (laughs) No, they didn't. Yeah, they did.
1: (laughs) Mom and dad made him look (laughs) this bad.
0: no. There's also this line toward the end of the the scene with the doctor where he says, I can get a message to your family if you'd like. And Mike kind of shoots him a look and says, they're fine.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i really think mike wants to keep them from getting involved in this as much as possible
1: oh of course i mean what what is what would he say to them Mm -hmm. oh i i got stabbed and now i'm in mexico (laughs) for some reason instead of in a hospital in albuquerque yeah totally normal
0: why are you there yeah grandpa pop pop
1: (laughs) Pop. what you do with pop pop is it legal
0: (laughs) no not strictly Uh, so after the doctor visit, Mike looks around the small village Which includes school children uh, and It's hard to hate Gus when you see what he's doing here And this is where we see the dedicado uh, Max mm-hmm. uh, Plaque Which we talked about that guy um, Killed by killed by Don Aladio
1: Well, killed by Don Hector At the order of Don Aladio.
0: Uh Yes, I mean, I don't think Hector does much Without the approval of Don Aladio. Well At least back in those days Okay back in
1: those days When he was just gonna start Yeah
0: He's getting a little friskier now (laughs) Uh, And then we go back to Jimmy Who's making a mess in the kitchen And he gets a call from Howard To see if he's interested in The job that he offered him Jimmy says "Ah, I'm still thinking about it And then Kim comes home And says She's still on the Two Can Carry project And Jimmy wants details And decides that Kim Should role play the whole scenario (laughs) With Kim as Kevin And Jimmy as Kim It's a very confusing scene But it's a very fun scene. Uh, I I think Kim's Kevin is pretty good.
1: It's so good.
0: (laughs) I love it so much. I mean, half of that impression is just the way you sit.
1: It is. The way you sit, the way you move your, like, shoulders and arms. Uh Uh-huh. And
0: Yeah, when she leans in sometimes. And, yeah, just like the word, she she got it.
1: One, the performance is amazing. Two, we get to see maybe a little bit more of her real feelings Uh about Kevin. Yeah. She thinks he's a bit of a blowhard and has been pushing her. Really, really hard, mm-hmm. I think both are probably true.
0: I agree, yeah, uh Kevin is extraordinarily stubborn. he wants what he wants, and he doesn't have any ideas on how to get it. He, he simply says who have get ideas. me this exactly. yeah he he has a room full of the best, mm-hmm. as he says, and just get get it done. I don't care how you do it or yep. what it takes. make that it must happen be
1: nice.
0: I don't know, that seems like a a bad boss.
1: Oh, like I agree. It would be nice it would be nice to be that person.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it would yeah. be terrible
1: to be everybody around that person.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what Jimmy's doing here?
1: Yes, I do. So in that leather sack thing that he's hitting with the hammer, that's obviously the pottery. Right. All of the teas and stuff, that is to stain the pottery to, to make stain it look older.
0: It. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And the curry is the dark horse? The surprising uh
1: Yeah have to let it sit overnight but it seems like it's the huh. the contender the lead okay contender. that
0: makes a lot of sense because yeah i got the pottery but i mm-hmm. did not get the staining that's that's a good good call
1: we got a bunch of really cool uh in the pot shots to open this scene also yeah with, which with we some enjoy. good
0: strong breaking bad colors yeah. the reds the, the yellows the
1: oh my god the, the stuff
0: that signifies danger and, and violence and all
1: I was terrified. I was terrified that he was setting up or building the supplies to set up some kind of murder scene situation, (laughs) like a fake murder scene. Okay. I was just waiting the rest of Mm -hmm. the episode. Finally, when I saw the pottery, I made the connection. Gotcha. There was a lot of red in that room to not be Mm -hmm. trying to replicate blood, I must say.
0: Uh, All right, let's talk about Howard for a second. Yeah. And and as it relates to Jimmy. Well, first as it relates to feet, because fuck why do I have to see Howard's feet? God. He's he's gone full Japanese zen in his office. Like his is office is to totally zen. redecorated. Yeah. It's all rice paper walls and pictures of of Japanese flowers.
1: There might be some incense burning in the background. There absolutely is smoke. incense burning.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he's got his shoes off. He because seems... now he's Japanese, Namaste. <laughs>
1: He seems very chill about the whole, uh, I don't think Namaste is Japanese, one, and two, he seems very chill about his car being destroyed, but Uh, he has a lot of money, so maybe he can just buy another car.
0: Are you you telling me that the guy who would, on a whim, decorate his entire (laughs) office with the Japanese decor wouldn't know that uh, Namaste is not Japanese? Are you telling me that guy would get a license plate that says Namaste
1: Seems unlikely, I know, but hear me out. I think he might be mi- missing, mixing up his cultural appropriations.
0: Hmm. Suspect. <laughs> Suspect. Uh, it's why Eastern,
1: isn't... right? It's all Eastern. That's all that matters. <laughs> right,
0: right. It's not Western. It's it's not something I'm familiar with, so it's cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, why isn't Jimmy told Howard off yet? Like he's he's stringing him along. Clearly, yeah. he says, "Oh, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it." For what purpose?
1: Well, now he has a good reason to not be angry at him. Maybe he doesn't want to go to jail for property damage or something.
0: Yeah, but why not tell Howard, look, I'm just not interested. He, this is his own... I don't know if he's doing this for his own satisfaction to <laughs> see Howard you know, wriggle, or if this is some larger plan.
1: I could see both. I'm leaning toward watching him wiggle okay. because... Howard was even if it wasn't his decision he was part of the decision to keep Jimmy out of Mm -hmm. HHM for so long yeah so now that HHM in the guise of Howard is trying to get him back he's just like oh no listen yeah I'm not interested in this job but I'm gonna string you along it's like he wants to make him pay just for making the offer it's torture basically
0: yeah I can see it
1: it's gonna shake him out of this fake namaste lifestyle
0: uh th- i find it funny that kim when she's doing this impression of kevin in the scene she she says oh dude uh what would what i want more more branches more statues which then we see the pictures and the logo at the end and she's connecting dots with this horse and the cactus and we know that the statues that he puts up are those that same uh logo for mesa verde I just thought it was a nice connection there mm-hmm. where like that's kind of what we know of Mesa Verde right is this logo this uh, that Kevin has this affinity for big strong logos these bulky yeah. statues and lobbies mm-hmm. and that the, kind of stuff.
1: The little what do you call them the trophy plaque thingies that we have like a montage mm-hmm. of Kim setting up in her office last season uh-huh. as they open more and more branches there's uh, definitely that logo is going to come back later in the episode. Oh, yeah. Zinfartos. We'll talk about that yeah.
0: for sure. Um, but for now, we got to talk about Mike trying to call someone on the house phone, but the call <laughs> can't be completed. So Mike tears apart a radio <laughs> to try and charge his dead cell phone when Mrs. Cortazar uh, decides to help him out by giving him a charger. She, she takes some mercy
1: on him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then he calls Gus to find out why he's here. But Gus says it's not a good time. and hangs up. Not a good time. Huh? Not a good time for who? Not a good time for Gus or not a good time for Mike or a little of both.
1: And um, Gus, I'm assuming.
0: I'm assuming Mike. Hmm. Because Mike's got to cool off. Mike's got to... Yeah. Mike needs to see what Gus wants him to see before Gus can come in and tell him, you know, why he's really there, which is he needs a soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love how they, they're gearing up this scene to be another Mike builds a thing to to get something done seen, mm-hmm. and then they just totally cut it short yeah cut cut it off at the knees with that charger
1: i was waiting for another two minute montage of mike doing stuff but without right. the magnifying glass this time those old old eyes
0: let that's a thing like th- that tells me the writers know their reputation they know that yes we can be indulgent yes mm-hmm. we can we can do this, and they're playing around with that.
1: I love the, that kind of playful writing. Right. It's nice. It's like a wink.
0: Yeah, it's it's subverting our expectations mm-hmm. um, in a pretty delightful way. Absolutely. So the next scene is Saul orchestrating an archaeological dig uh, on Acker's property, which further stalls the demolition, potentially for another week, which leads into a montage of ways that Saul and Acker stall the demolition. We see the, the assistant... Uh, Kim's assistant or paralegal Or whatever she's got there Comes in with a whole bunch of things that he's suing On behalf of the water district I don't know why That one that one, I can't quite understand uh, he's also claiming There's a flaw in the original land grant from 1846 that their prime Contractor is an escaped felon <laughs> Which I don't know why that would Necessarily stop work You could probably do it without uh, The the foreman Bringing another foreman I don't know Radiation Uh is on the property. Mm-hmm. He's taken all, all the, I guess, slightly radioactive materials out of the uh, fire smoke alarms.
1: I tried so hard to figure out what the fuck he was Vitamixing mm-hmm. there. I guess this is before the time of the Vitamix. I don't know. Was it Was it batteries? Because that doesn't make sense. It's liquid in there. Mm, yeah,
0: I don't it's think it was powder. batteries. It, it's, it's some substance that, I guess, makes smoke detectors work.
1: I looked at the inside of so many smoke detectors online and carbon monoxide detectors, just in case maybe it was that too. I couldn't find anything that looks I, like I the little so many... metal bits huh. that they pulled out.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then also the final one is there. there is an image <laughs> of Jesus outside, uh, which I think Jimmy's painting experience, painting that uh, Wexler McGill logo came in handy there.
1: Wasn't he using spray paint, though? Uh-huh. Spray paint and paint paint are totally different well, he's, experiences. he's
0: been experimenting since. On what? Uh, I don't know. Canvases.
1: Where? Tell me. Explain. In Explain his office. your joke.
0: In his office? In
1: his office. <laughs> yeah. It's the eBay bread all over again. That's all I could think of.
0: eBay bread? Mm-hmm. Oh, the toast with uh, Jesus image on it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can, you can buy things that will just put Jesus's image onto things such as toast. Perfect. Uh, Pretty easy. I, I've never understood like, Oh, there's something here that a splotch that appears to look like some saint or Jesus or Mary.
1: I don't, I don't get it either. A lot of the times it's just like vaguely recognizable as maybe a face. Mm -hmm. It's got two dots, which could be eyes. In one line, which could be a mouth.
0: (laughs) And then maybe a splotch around it, which could be a beard. Mm Mm-hmm. Depending on whether it's Mary or Jesus. Yep. All right, Kevin wants to take the fight to Acker by suing him, but it could take years, and Rich suggests that they build the call center on the other site. Of course, Kevin, being the stubborn guy he is, refuses to swallow his pride and let Acker and Saul win. Instead, he digs in and tells Kim, figure it out. Got a room full of the best Figure it out Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah this is what I was talking about When I said he's such An awful person to work for He doesn't have any ideas He has nothing to contribute He simply has demands to make of his employees And they're expected to go make them happen It's annoying
1: He is in full stand your ground mode by yeah, the, end of the scene.
0: I mean, I, the the law is not his field. I get that. Like he mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have a lot of legal acumen to bring to the table. <laughs> but clearly the law is not working here in his favor. yeah, and they're going to have to work outside of it. And I'm not saying do things that are legal. I'm saying there are other ways besides legal threats um or being in the legal right to persuade someone to do what you want them to do. And Jimmy is a master of that. I mean, Jimmy, It's what he's doing right now. Right. He's simply stalling. He doesn't have any legal footing here. No, no leg to stand on. But he's stalling them um, to the point where they're going to get so annoyed that they'll quit.
1: Hopefully that was the that was the dream.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Kevin's too stubborn for that. But you know what I mean? He's he's not Kevin is not contributing what he could contribute, which would be ideas that are outside of the law, like Mm -hmm. interesting angles to approach this from to give them some ideas.
1: Well, as we, as we have seen from the private detective work or whatever you want to call him, I guess he's not really, probably not an actual detective. He's mm-hmm. probably just a dude who breaks into people's houses. Yeah. He doesn't have a card. It's the only difference. Do you know who that guy is? I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you? I do. Do you? Is that why you're asking? Uh. You were asking for the audience, right? Not for yourself.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there.
1: <laughs> I'm joking. But we'll see that uh, Kevin is clean as a whistle, which mm-hmm. is to say he has no imagination.
0: <laughs> that's, what
1: it, that's what it says to me. He has one DUI from college, yeah. which... Big fucking deal.
0: He's living that Gene life. That squeaky clean Gene life. I just think Gene's he... got so much of a backstory, but man, <laughs> if you look to just Gene, uh-huh. forget Saul, forget Jimmy, you look at Gene, Gene's doing everything right. He's a Cinnabon manager in He's Omaha. He's a good manager, too. He goes home, he watches TV... He drinks his sours, whatever he's drinking. His nail, rusty nails.
1: He uses his tuna lids as spoon. Uh huh. Tuna lid as spoon is some shit. Don't you have any actual spoons? That's
0: a power play. That says I don't need spoons. It it says says spoons I don't mind no lacerating
1: newspaper. my mouth parts.
0: <laughs> says, <laughs> I don't know what
1: they get that I'm sweet so, sweet tuna. I'm
0: so dexterous. <laughs> I don't need to worry about la- lacerating my mouth parts because I got this. I got it.
1: I got a good tongue or something. Sure.
0: Uh, then Jimmy consoles Kim over their defeat. And he suggests there might be another play. Um, and Kim bites. And despite his obviously feigned protests here, mm-hmm. Jimmy suggests they could go after Kevin personally, but it would be nasty and dangerous. But Kim is in.
1: He does it. And exactly. I mean, he is a con man. He plays on people's worst impulses. Absolutely. And... He knows exactly what's going to get her going is by telling her that she cannot and should not do a thing.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm really torn on how I feel about Jimmy presenting ideas to Kim and letting her make up her mind because it's clearly something she wouldn't have come up with on her own, right? She she's not. I don't think she's gearing up for phase two here. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking, okay, we got to go after him personally. Right. And the, when Jimmy suggested she's all in, I, I think. Jimmy suggests an avenue that she didn't realize was even there. And and lets her make the decision. And and this is where I'm torn, because he's putting bad options in front of her. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And but but at the same time, he's not pushing her necessarily into them. He's just showing her the ways that things could be done. And she's leaning into that. She's pushing it forward in this scene. And I. I don't know how to feel about that.
1: I feel kind of gross about the way he presented it. Uh-huh. I think it was manipulative. So even though I don't know, yeah, if but it's... she's also a
0: grown woman, and he <laughs> respects her decisions when she makes them, right? Like I, I get that. I, yeah. I don't feel like Jimmy has ever like. Okay, there's the one scene in the courtroom or the courthouse, um, where she's like. It's the Game Boy guy, right, where Mm -hmm. he wants to go to trial and she doesn't want him to, and he's like, oh, we could do this and that. Right. Um, And she's like, no, but then she goes ahead and does it anyway. Um, And she had to get a little forceful with Jimmy there. And since then, I don't think he's really been, like, pushing her on these things, more just laying out the options. So I don't know. Do you think Kim, like, how much of this is Jimmy pushing her into bad decisions, like manipulating her? And how much of this is Kim as a grown ass woman making her own choices and you know accepting the consequences
1: this reminds me a lot of that bottle scene the very the final bottle scene in bottle the previous scene? episode where Jimmy is like oh, half yeah, yeah. dropping it over the edge mm-hmm. to the point that Kim just grabs one of the bottles from the balcony and you know chucks it yeets it across the fucking parking lot yeah that felt like this felt like that to me where he is, he's poking her a little bit Just a little bit Just enough to
0: It is it, and it's the way he The way he suggests it more than the The fact that he does suggest it mm-hmm. It's like when he's oh you know There there, there are other ways To do this um, But they'd be personal and nasty and dangerous He probably wouldn't be interested Exactly that kind of thing yeah Like almost a challenge to see how dark she She's willing To go to get her way yeah. Right. I agree. Um, but at the same time I can't overlook the fact that Kim is a very strong personality herself, and if she didn't want to do something, she wouldn't do it.
1: No, she she's absolutely she owns a lot of this too. Yes. Like you said, she is so, an adult. She's a grown woman. She can make her own decisions and she yeah is going to the dark side here.
0: Yeah. So I'm torn. Um
1: I think they're both terrible in this moment.
0: Yeah. And this scene also really highlights the difference because between Kim and Saul. Because this is such a bad idea to go this deep on Kevin,
1: especially for something so minor. Just this random, just this old guy yeah. who can just move somewhere else. It's well, not really this that big is of exactly a deal.
0: why it shows the difference between them. Because yeah. like th- there's a line um, where Jimmy says, "Putting me on this was bad. If anyone found mm-hmm. out." you know, consequences. He's the the idea if anyone found out he's like concerned for her. And, and the only thing that Jimmy really cares about is Jimmy and Kim.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and I don't mean the relationship. I mean the people. Jim. He Jimmy cares about Jimmy mm-hmm. first and foremost. I think he also cares about Kim and I think everything he cares about is limited to that set of people.
1: Certainly now.
0: Whereas Kim is very different, right? Kim Kim cares about herself, I think, Mm -hmm. um, maybe first and foremost, but also cares about other people in general and her clients and, and everything like that. So when, you know, Jimmy suggests, well, uh, it was a bad idea to put me on this because I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get this done and you could be in serious trouble. He doesn't, I feel like he's not considering the angle of she's trying to help this guy. Um, who f- she feels like is being downtrodden by the system,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and she that that's just a factor for her, whereas it's not for Jimmy. And, and you can also see it in the just what Jimmy's been doing in the meantime. Like, where are his clients at
1: mm-hmm. the moment?
0: Like he talks about all these people who are going to need all this legal help and these knuckleheads, right? Like, well, they're not getting into any less trouble while he's spending days and weeks and who knows how long helping Kim out, right?
1: Yeah, his motivation. What are his clients
0: suffering here? Because he doesn't even think about them.
1: That's what I was gonna say. His motivation is not the clients. His motivation is the money that he, the right. money, the money that he gets yeah. from the clients.
0: And it's easy to say, "Oh, well, these clients of his are bad people, doing bad things." Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of Kim's are too. But she's trying to do right by them. Yep. All right, then Mike gets called... From Saul, who asks him to be his private investigator, and Mike says no. And after the call, he helps keep the water out of the house as a storm hammers it. Next morning, he starts to appreciate his environment a little more, enjoying breakfast, helping to fix the leaky window, starting starting to get comfortable down there in Mexico.
1: He starts fixing things again instead of destroying them, which he <laughs> has been for yeah. a minute.
0: Yeah, starts uh, building, building the clubhouse again with Kaylee. I wish so building much. building the church, uh, yeah. playground, right. swing set, whatever.
1: I wish so much that he would just retire and go work for like Habitat for Humanity or something. Yeah. Volunteer. That is not the path that he chooses, sadly.
0: Nope. Uh, I also love his reaction here when he sees that it's Jimmy calling. <laughs> it's just one of disgust. It's like, oh.
1: But he still answers it. Yep. Amazingly. Why?
0: It's because he's like 90 years old and 90 year olds answer their fucking phone. I don't.
1: I don't even. I haven't answered
0: a phone call since
1: 1997. Wow. How <laughs> old were you? G- I was like 15. 15?
0: Yeah. I think I answered a call then. Hmm. Uh, I got to say, the leak happened in the worst possible spot, just right above the bookshelf.
1: I didn't even catch that. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. All
0: those books are ruined.
1: Awful. Should have moved the books.
0: Gus is going to have to buy new copies of all of them. <laughs> Oh, no. hope they're not collector's items. Uh, And then Kim and Jimmy wait at the nail salon for his guy to show up. And they all use fake names with uh, the guy who's using a fake name, Mr. X. And he brings him up to speed on Kevin. Apparently, he's squeaky clean. Mr. X found nothing, despite breaking into his home and searching his office safe and uh, paperwork, which worries Kim. Uh, Mr. X suggests the next step might be to get two more guys and kidnap Kevin to interrogate him in the desert. Jimmy kicks him out of the office <laughs> and Kim finds a lead in the pictures of Kevin's home in the shape of a man.
1: The fucking a
0: horse? A, no, that's disgusting. Riding a horse.
1: Riding. Oh, is that what we're, is that what we're calling it now? Seems suspect. Apparently.
0: Yeah, I could not think of that when I saw this scene.
1: Oh, yeah, of course horses every time I see a horse in the show Mm -hmm. it's just straight to that
0: so let's talk about the horse I guess Um, Kim found something Mm -hmm. she's comparing in this scene and even in the next scene Kim is comparing the logo of Mesa Verde to pictures that she found in Kevin's home Mm -hmm. um, or that this guy took in Kevin's home and she realizes that he is maybe taken these from somewhere from something
1: that's what we're thinking that's kind of the theory is that this is going to be an ip thing
0: yeah and in the next scene you can see i i freeze framed all of it because that's what i do i'm Mm -hmm. crazy uh you you can see that there is what i think says visitors passbook uh from albuquerque new mexico 1958 yeah just a long ass time ago Mm Mm-hmm. I guess Kevin might be old enough to have been alive in 1958, probably is.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I don't
0: know, that's, two, yeah, yeah, it's 2004, so he's,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's probably, yeah, um, I'm thinking 2020 terms. Right. But yeah, Um. so what, what is a visitor's past book? How does it connect to the horses uh, and the cactus? I don't know. There are some theories flying around that maybe this is an image from an old film, uh, that he decided to use without permission, and then maybe Kim's gonna call him out on that, or or they're gonna they're gonna somehow use that to create a scandal, I guess, which might distract uh Mesa Verde long enough to make this whole thing go away.
1: It's literally the only thing they have short of planting evidence on him, which might be too far for Kim, but even this is a little far for her.
0: It is, yeah. Um, this is the first time that she's, that
1: she's come with Jimmy to, or Sol, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. to meet a criminal type, uh-huh. and she is obviously very uncomfortable in this situation.
0: Yeah, when, when he says he broke in a self-guided tour of the home, mm-hmm. she's like, you broke this? How'd you do that? Which is interesting to me, because it's a, like a blend of curiosity, like show me the dark arts, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I want to
0: know how to do this stuff, and also... Oh my god, that is way farther than I thought you'd take it.
1: And also, oh my god, is this what people are just out here doing? Uh-huh. Is this normal?
0: Which you would think she would know. She's a lawyer. How many how many public defense breaking and entering cases has she has she had?
1: I don't know. She seems really surprised at the idea that there is a basically Craigslist for the underworld, yeah. as she calls it. It's true. So,
0: uh, but it's a fantastic scene. I think you know, even beyond what we talked about, there's the moment where Mr. X walks in and he's like, "I thought I, I thought I was meeting you in a law office." <laughs> and Jimmy's yeah. like, "Yeah, it is a law office," <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Like, I, this guy must be thinking, obviously, it's a front, mm-hmm. which is not totally untrue, but also it's it's a legal front, if it's anything. Um,
1: yeah, it's just a shitty office. Doesn't make it an illegal office. It's just right. Shitty.
0: Yeah, but his reaction is hilarious.
1: This character was supposed to be Bill Burr's character. It was supposed to be QB. but he had a, a death or something while they were filming. There was a death either in his family Man. or his friends, someone close to him, so he couldn't do this episode. That's a shame. But yeah, he was supposed to be... And when he said that I, I got this guy from the same place, I got Huel, yeah. I think both mine and everybody's ears immediately pricked mm-hmm. up, thinking that we would see the Burr.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate. I mean, I love Stephen Ogg, who's the, the mm-hmm. guy who plays... Mr. X, um, and we actually know, I think his real name, it's Sobchak, which Subcheck, he's yeah. hes the guy, if you recall in season one from the episode Pimento, when Mike, mm-hmm. uh, it, when they're all going to meet in this parking garage, and he's standing around with Mike, and the guy like pulls a gun or something, and he's just like, he's clearly this loose cannon who just is in it for the thrills, and Mike just Throw totally- him. Yeah, totally dis. Well, literally disarms him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's the term? Emasculates. That's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's this macho guy, and he gets taken down a peg or two. Yeah, that was the scene where uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. That the the lesser Walter White. Uh huh. The dumb Walter White. Price. Price. Yeah, I'm, that's his name. I, I can't remember his first name. I yep. can't either. But super. Weird energy from this guy, as always. Mm -hmm. It's also the Milkman from Westworld. From
0: Westworld, I mean, he's (laughs) one of the one of Negan's guys in The Walking Dead. He's fantastic. He plays Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Mm Five. He plays these really crazy characters. I couldn't help but notice his character was a lot different now, and I don't know if that's because of like (laughs) directly because of what Mike did to him in those scenes in Pimento, right? Or if that's just or if he's not playing the same character, he's just the same actor. Because sometimes shows will do that. Star Trek is a uh, a prime offender when it comes to this. But like casting actors as multiple characters.
1: Yeah, I don't think they would do that.
0: I don't think so either. Show. But his personality he's is so different.
1: Yeah, he's very subdued.
0: Yeah, um, I like how, you know, Jimmy Jimmy through, throughout this scene is very disappointed I guess or feels uncomfortable with not being hands on in this scheme like he really he questions he goes hard at this guy questioning like oh you probably didn't do all the things I would have done I would have got this job done right he's not squeaky clean you just missed it
1: you think that's the angle, okay? And
0: then, and then he's laying all this out, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, well, no, I broke into his home. I took all these pictures. Here are the pictures. Oh, I've got his paperwork. Here, here's more stuff. Like, but
1: Kim is asking for all that stuff, and he's like, okay, I know, I know the real thing when I see it. Like the real lawyer, which I'm sure Jimmy didn't appreciate.
0: Yeah, like yeah, J- Jimmy is a little ashamed that you know he. I think he wasn't out there doing this stuff. It's both like feels a little bit of shame because kim is seeing a guy who's actually a really good uh really good at his job Mm -hmm. and also i think he likes it so much he likes doing those scams that he kind of wanted to be out there
1: this is also the first time that he is showing kim again like we said this kind of underworld Mm -hmm. stuff yeah and maybe he was hoping for something a little bit more impressive It's a little bit of a bummer that
0: that nothing turned exactly,
1: out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of disappointing. <laughs> like, damn it. I was trying to show off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, so then we go to Kim researching Kevin at work, which is just the worst idea. This this reminds me like every time I hear a story of somebody getting caught watching porn in their <laughs> office,
1: I'm like
0: you. How stupid do you have to be?
1: Private mode. What's wrong with you? No, no, just to do that at work.
0: Like, don't (laughs) do that in the privacy of your own home. Kim, (laughs) research this con on your client that is Schweikert and Coakley's client, Mm -hmm. actually, at home. Do not do this on a work computer. This is so stupid.
1: The whole way that she's handled this whole thing is kind of stupid.
0: Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's
1: pretty obvious. I mean, she is the one who had... She is the only one who had an objection to this place going where it's going. Yeah. And she is the one who brought this alternate suggestion and she she brings it up again in another meeting and it's just so obvious. Yeah, we I took the liberty
0: know. of researching, <sighs> yeah. of running all the numbers for you. Here's the paperwork that says you should go with this plan. Uh, yeah, that was obviously premeditated.
1: It's weird. It's It feels like she is the one who is kind of in control of this particular scheme. Yeah. Scam. And she's mishandling it. She's doing Mm -hmm. a bad job.
0: I mean, she's not great at this.
1: She's not a criminal, no.
0: And and somehow she doesn't doesn't get away with the things that Jimmy gets away with. Mm -mm. Because Jimmy will come up to you and Jimmy will say something that's blatantly false. And he'll do a song and dance and somewhere along the way his distractions work and you forget that his basic point is just complete bullshit... And, and that he's lying to your face, and you know he's lying to your face, and you forget all that, and his scheme somehow works on you I don't whereas even Kim know. doesn't it doesn't have that power.
1: I think it's the cynicism. I think Jimmy does not believe in people
2: uh mm-hmm. ever, but
1: especially not anymore, yeah, and he comes he approaches every interaction with somebody with the cynical idea that there is this one thing that they want, yeah and it's probably not a good thing or it's not good for them or whatever, but they want it anyway, mm-hmm. and that's the angle that he attacks. So to a certain degree, it almost doesn't matter what he says as long as he provides people with a way of getting this thing that they want, whether they realize that they want it or not.
0: Yeah. And that's no, why it works. Absolutely right. And Kim that doesn't have that. Does. She's
1: not cynical, which is the problem. She's a little bit cynical, but she's nowhere near Jimmy.
0: <laughs> no. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to express is there's this layer of like artificiality
1: mm-hmm.
0: to Jimmy when he when he approaches somebody on a scam and everybody knows it, everybody sees it, but nobody does anything about it. Yeah. Whereas Kim doesn't have that layer of artificiality, she approaches it more from like a clinical perspective and doesn't somehow get as far because people are looking people I guess people are more focused on what she's doing, not how she's doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe because she doesn't have that superficial level of distraction mm-hmm. like you're saying. Yeah. Jimmy uses humor almost as a defense mechanism. Yeah. And she definitely does not have that. She has a good sense of humor, but it's not, she doesn't use it the way that he does. <laughs> no. She doesn't use it against people.
0: <laughs> uh. So let's talk about the rest of the scene. Rich yeah. comes in and he asks her to take a break from the Mesa Verde case uh, or from them as a client. Mm-hmm. She wants to know why. So he says he's not buying her innocence and in all of this. And when he leaves, Kim chases him down and makes a big scene in front of everyone in the office. Uh, sort of just doubling down on the the mistake that she's know- she knows she's already made and the mistake she's, the lie she's been caught in. Um, I guess she feels her only way out here is through.
1: I guess so. I was really surprised yeah. when she confronted him in front of all the paralegals in the outer office.
0: And this is why I say she's stubborn because she is doubling down in the scene and she very much feels that she can win even though she's been caught already. It's it's kind of too late. And and I think she knows that like th- there's that look she gives herself and she shakes her head mm-hmm. like once she's back in her office after having this confrontation with Rich. I think she knows she fucked up. Um, What she's going to do about that. I'm not sure.
1: I don't know. This is absolutely going to damage her relationship with the law firm.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're rich, how do you trust how do you work with someone you don't trust?
1: Exactly. Especially someone who he's given so much power to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. There there's so much um Rich is interesting. He's he's like an anti-Kevin here because mm-hmm. Rich trusts, I think, Kim very much, but he still sees when things are not um kind of above board with her he's smart. whereas Kevin trusts her so much to to run, you know, the legal part of the the expansion that he's totally blinded by by that trust. He can't see the scam that's taking place right in front of him.
1: Yeah, he blames Acker for it in that earlier that first scene. Yeah. At the golf or the country club.
0: Right. So like Rich is, Rich is a different beast. Rich is smarter. Uh, Rich is per- perhaps a little more skeptical of people, a little less trusting. Um yeah, he's, he's probably the guy who would come up with the ideas uh, mm-hmm. for his legal team or his, you know, whatever team uh, to help them move this ball forward, whereas Kevin is not. Kevin's the guy who just shouts and says, get it done because I trust you guys.
1: Yeah, he's just a good old boy. I wonder how much of it could be sexism because maybe he doesn't expect women to be just as nefarious as men can be.
0: Kevin doesn't? Yeah, Kevin. I don't know. Maybe.
1: Goes in with that, the whole good old boy Texan thing.
0: I've I've got a lot of. Um, I'm worried. I'm worried about Kim.
1: I'm very worried about Kim
0: because this is the point, and th- that the end of that conversation with Rich, where he says, "If that's how you want to play it,"
2: because
0: mm-hmm. because during that conversation, Rich makes it clear, like I'm trying to protect you here. Right. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's a very very dangerous game you're playing, and I'm I know what's up. I'm trying to help you out here by letting you know that this is a terrible idea, and, and giving you the opportunity to sort of backpedal and say, okay, I've done a bad thing here. I acknowledge it. I will stop doing it. Mm-hmm. But she pushes through that, and I'm I'm wondering and I'm worried that her law license could be at stake here.
1: I think that would be... If you want to talk about things that crush certain characters her being disbarred is right. absolutely the thing that will end her. And
0: it's such it's such uh, the poetic justice is not the right term, but you get what I'm I'm saying here. Like for Jimmy to have been mm-hmm. disbarred or I guess he wasn't disbarred, he was suspended. Right. Um and get his license back only to have him go back right back into Jimmy mode, slip in Jimmy mode and get Kim perhaps disbarred. Mm-hmm. That would be devastating to their relationship.
1: Oh yeah, I I have
0: a feeling that's where they're going with this.
1: I mean, they've been feeding into each other's bullshit for a long time now. Yeah, it's kind of inevitable, I think. And it's going to be oh man, those episodes are going to be so fucking hard to watch (laughs) and talk about.
0: (laughs) You think they'll happen this season, or you think they'll happen next season? Next season. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that.
1: But the tension is going to be bad at the end of this season.
0: Oh yeah, I already thought it was at the end of last season. Right. Uh, And it's just going to get worse. So then we go back to Mike for the final scene. He's finishing the window repair and Gus shows up. Mike believes that he's here to feel good about himself for sponsoring this place, even though he doesn't, uh, he does so much bad in the world. But Gus tells Mike that he can continue the way he is uh, self-sabotaging essentially, or he can decide to be uh, a soldier because for Gus, because he needs one against the Salamangas where I, I guess we're finally getting to what I view as the crux of Mike's storyline here, where he has to choose. He once and for all has to choose to be a good guy or a bad guy. We know what his choice is. Mm-hmm. We know he's going to be a bad guy. Um,
1: but we get but to see why.
0: Yeah. Maybe this is the moment. And, and yeah, I mean, we have been seeing why, I guess this is the moment that to me, presents the obvious choice it puts the choice in front of mike plain as day and says pick one um because beforehand he's been driven by revenge which guess obviously uh spots mm-hmm. um and he's been driven by sadness and anger uh that he hasn't been able to deal with and all of that has kind of been building and building and building toward pushing mike into the role that we know he plays in breaking bad but this in my mind is the moment where he's got to decide
1: yeah gus it's a masterful stroke that he does he establishes what they have in common which Mm -hmm. is their desperate need for revenge
0: revenge yeah and this is also why i think that they're gonna have to do something more with gus's backstory now because Mm -hmm. he's got to explain to mike what happened with max and that's not something i really want to see off happen off screen um I kind of want to get into that conversation. I kind of want to know more you wanna about know the... how Gus felt about it in the moment, felt mm-hmm. about Max before that happened. Like, I get hints of that throughout Breaking Bad, but I want to know more.
1: That's what I want to see. I want to see more of the lead up to that scene by the pool where Hector yeah. shoots him and the fucking blood drips in there mm-hmm. and all that is happening. Yeah. Yes, it's very graphic. Um, Gus has tried several times to entice mike more fully into his operation mm-hmm. and i think this is the it's pretty clear that he succeeds this time
0: i think so yeah mike doesn't say fuck your retainer
1: yeah i think you know that's that is one thing with mike you know where you stand with him
0: <laughs> absolutely he
1: will let you know which is kind of refreshing uh-huh in some ways especially if you just don't have patience for figuring out people's subtext all the damn time mm
0: mm-hmm. Unless if you're Jimmy, you just don't care how Mike feels about you. You continue to call him, mm-hmm. you continue to ask for things, just use pester him. him. Yep. Uh, but most people, I think, take the hint from Mike when he's, he tells them non-verbally that he doesn't like them
1: mm-hmm.
0: or doesn't want to be around them currently.
1: It's true. I love that line. I just want to mention this before we go on. I am what I am. Mm-hmm. That was nice. That kind of yeah. cut to the core of me.
0: And and he doesn't see himself as the same as the Salamancas, which I don't either. Um, I do think he's more of a businessman than he is a gangster. And absent cartel meddling and influence, he would probably have been a very, very different kind of drug dealer. Yes, he kills people now. Yes, Mm -hmm. he does all the things that drug dealers need to do because they're running an illegal operation. But it's really like... The the Salamancas are the people stirring all the shit up, right? Yep. Like G- Gus, I think would be happy to simply have Walter White in his super lab, mm-hmm. cooking away, uh, just passing that meth out to the dealers on the street. Nobody's got to get hurt. Nobody's got to ruin their lives, except for the people taking his product. Right. Uh, I I do think he's a little different.
1: He is different for sure. He's he is the same. He's doing a lot of the same stuff, but. You're right. In a in a bubble where he didn't have all these other egos mm-hmm. forcing themselves upon his operation, he would probably do things a little bit more cleanly.
0: Yeah, he's willing to listen to reason, mm-hmm. um, to his own detriment sometimes. Like he kept Walter White alive far longer than he should have, far
1: longer than he should have, uh, and it cost him. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, but but uh, man, you look at Hector and you look at Tuco. Mm-hmm. And you look at Lalo and what just like hotheads they are. And and you never know where you're going to stand with them tomorrow. Even if you're in their good graces today, tomorrow they could come in and they could decide to kill you. Right. For really no reason. Uh, that's that's the scary part about the Salamancas, that mm-hmm. Gus does definitely not have in him.
1: I think Lalo is a lot more like Gus. Yeah. He's not, obviously, he's not as like cool and... Collected, or whatever as Gus is. He's but way
0: cooler, way cooler,
1: way cooler. Yes, but also, uh, he's. It seems like he takes more of the long view, yeah, than the people around him, than the other Salamangas mm-hmm. which could be very bad for Gus.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a foe who can fight him on his own terms exactly. um, and is smart enough to see what Gus might be up to.
1: Yeah, but, and not get distracted by little bullshit.
0: But don't forget. We haven't seen much of Lalo yet, and Mm -hmm. Lalo strikes me as a guy who is, yes, very intelligent, but also extremely violent and extremely passionate about his violence when it comes (laughs) to that. Yeah. When that that is what the situation calls for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think Vi- I think uh, Lalo could be a really scary guy, and we just haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh no, I totally agree with you. I I do not think that he is a good man.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> I just think he's a little bit smarter than people sings, that Gus has been dealing with so far.
0: Y- you're right. You're right. He is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and there are a lot of serial killers who are very charming. Everybody
0: loves Ted Bundy. Everybody, Everybody fucking loves, loves Ted Bundy.
1: Bundy. For some reason.
0: Yeah. Sure. Uh, that's the end of the episode.
1: That is the end of the episode.
0: Have anything else you want to talk about before we get to the feedback?
1: Your mom. Give me that feedback. Give me that feedback. He is pulling up the feedback. He is trying not to laugh. All right. Failing yeah. miserably.
0: All right. First up for feedback, we have Steve. Uh, we're going to have a few uh, previous week feedbacks, mm-hmm. uh, talking about previous episodes until we get to the new stuff. If you'd like to send in your thoughts, questions, comments, any of the above,
1: your tinfoil theories, love absolutely, those.
0: yeah, your dead man's brew theories. <laughs> I'm, I'm accepting all comers at this point. Uh, you can do so at BCS at baldmove.com or better call solid baldmove.com. Either one works we got all the all the better call Saul email addresses hmm. steve says i think we're gearing up for jimmy representing acker and kim mesa verde jimmy lets his competitiveness and stubborn nature take over he cheats he wins and it's the straw that breaks the proverbial back in he, him and kim's relationship he and kim's relationship uh Yeah, I, I wanted to save because I, I absolutely thought this while I was watching the episode mm-hmm. and I wanted to save it for this moment so we get Steve's email in because, yeah, it seems based on how this whole thing is shaping up that Kim regrets what she did. Mm-hmm. She tried to double down. She realized that was a huge mistake. I think she's going to try and backpedal in this next episode, but it's probably going to be too late. Probably. Jimmy's either going to be in motion on this plan or Mm -hmm. Kevin's going to be so bullheaded that he's going to sue this asshole or something. And then she's going to have to directly oppose Jimmy in court. And that's exciting.
1: They are both so competitive in their own ways, oh man. I yeah, I'm so excited for this next episode. It's
0: so stupid. like i why do I get excited? Oh, th- there's going to be a law battle
1: drama right
0: <laughs> But I just know I know that a I'm excited because of the the, the drama of it, which uh-huh. is the relationship being torn apart by having to fight each other in court, yeah. And then I'm also excited because it's going to be hilarious. What is Jimmy going to come up with? How is Kim going to... Counter it. Thwart that, those attempts at just buffoonery, right? And Mm -hmm. then making a mockery of the court and the entire judicial system.
1: (laughs) Is she going to try to out Jimmy Jimmy?
0: I don't know. Maybe.
1: Mm. Hmm. So much fun.
0: Yeah. I'm super excited for that. Uh, Dr. Barry Goodman is up next. He says, one of the very underplayed items... Of the last few episodes is the capture of three of Gus's men yeah uh, we didn't talk much about this because I don't know where it's going I really don't what are we they gonna do with the three guys exactly. that they caught
1: we don't even know who they are
0: no we don't know who they are we don't know if they're extremely loyal or if they're likely to break under interrogation
1: mm-hmm.
0: we just don't know so my assumption
1: yeah. is that it's three guys who don't know anything Mm-hmm. That would be safer than even three loyal guys,
0: yeah, yeah, you would think Gus would arrange to have maybe some people who are not not very familiar with his organization,
1: probably street level guys, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, Dr. Goodman also says, what can you do to cheer Mike up? You could have him delivered hazard pay, hazard pay to those men's families mm. that's that's rough, mhm, I don't think so, uh, all right, Tom. <laughs> says you called on mental health professionals to write in and bald moves resident therapist Tom Jones from Atlanta will never miss an opportunity to feel important. So here I am. The question is, do therapists have to disclose if a client murders or reports a murder? Uh, the short answer is no. Past murders are not something that would require immediate breach of confidentiality. However, therapists and other mental health clinicians are often involved in court cases. And the court has a right to subpoena our records and oftentimes require us to testify. Sometimes that involves us testifying in a court case about a potential crime our client commits using information or notes that were technically confidential at the time. The waters here get incredibly murky, though. Some therapists will go to the grave not sharing client information, but the courts can punish uh, said therapists with all sorts of fines and even jail time. Other therapists do what the court says above all else. And depending on your lawyer, there's also options in getting out of a court case. Um, So, Tom says, you all were correct that therapists are required to breach confidentiality if the client is an immediate threat to themselves or someone else. This is called a code 1013. I think it's Acker's address. It's not. (laughs) And involves calling the police, the client being taken to the hospital, and then psychiatric uh, psychiatric hospital for 72 hours uh, under involuntary hold. Uh, If the hospital thinks they meet that criteria. Mm -hmm. He says it also gets incredibly sticky for many, uh, for instance, many clients have an ongoing passive suicidal ideation where they kind of always think about wanting to be dead, but aren't actively planning a way to do it. And he says, if we ten thirteen to all of them, they'd be in and out of inpatient their whole life and would not heal. So some clients have poor impulse control and attention seeking behavior and make grandiose statements of suicide to achieve some end goal from a separate party and we can't always 1013 them either because of how often the pattern is, uh, how often that pattern presents itself and how serious the threat is. All right. And then we move on to chief broken arrow from middle of Nebraska. I guess he's got some nuclear materials. He might want to tell the government about, Hmm. uh, he says, I've been a fan of the band kiss since I was eight years old. The first band that got me rocking and rolling, so why am I bringing up the hottest band in the world when it comes to the world of Better Call Saul? <laughs> well, during your podcast for the episode Namaste, Jim was asking why the witness on the stand in the courtroom scene was mentioning customers dressed up like a bat or a cat. And Alexis' mm. theory was that there was a Leather Daddy convention <laughs> in town. Forgot about that.
2: I did too.
0: Uh, When Saul cross-examines the Sandia Mart employee who got robbed, Mr. Harkness, Harkness says we were uh, hopping because of that kiss show at the pavilion.
1: That makes a lot more sense.
0: I had those leather guys in makeup coming in and buying Slim Jim's and beers all night long. He's the only guy that came in that night that wasn't made up like a cat or a bat or whatever. Whatever the hell those guys are. I totally missed that. Completely 100% missed that they said kiss. I might have thought they said kids. Yeah. Concert. I
1: could see that.
0: And that was even more confusing, <laughs> especially in the context of leather daddies.
1: Uh, oh, I'm sorry for muddying the waters.
0: Yeah, so I I was totally lost. Thank you, Chief Broken Arrow. Yes, thank and you for
1: that clarification.
0: M- and many other people also wrote in. Uh, I know Greg wrote in to tell us about uh, Kiss because
1: tell us that we're ding dong.
0: Believe it or not, there are a lot of Kiss fans out there.
1: Is every hmm would juggalo makeup still exists if kiss had never existed
0: that's a good question
1: because when i think of face paint there are two bands that come up in my yep. mind it's kiss and it's icp
0: yes uh i don't know i don't know the juggalos I, I have to imagine that icp took something from kiss they're insane clowns uh kiss are insane bats and
1: Cats, and apparently. And
0: cats, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- although I actually never knew. I- I'm not a huge Kiss fan. I know they're big songs.
1: I know one of them's got a kitty cat whiskers. That's all I know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but I never really registered, oh, there's a bat. But I guess Gene Simmons is like a bat, demon, something.
1: We are exposing a yeah. lot of <laughs> gaps in our knowledge here. Please, please do forgive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the last time we'll... Uh, I can't guarantee it, but... <laughs> Last time I know of that we'll talk about kiss in this podcast. And then we got a final email from John it says, I'm writing this having only seen through episode four and maybe this will change by episode five, but I have to say I'm totally on team Alexis and Jimmy with regard to Howard. I don't believe Howard is truly embracing his healthy change. His actions are an act out. This is performative, but it's a performance, not just for the public, but for the audience of one himself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think the death of Chuck affected him genuinely, but he's not truly addressing the grief uh, in a genuine in having a genuine life change I don't think Howard really knows the difference Howard's all about appearances and control and in addressing the grief that touched him after Chuck's death he is performing the role of someone who is attempting to look deeper into himself and I think Jimmy sees right through it uh, and part of that act out is hiring Jimmy that's
1: it's a little cynical but I stand by it
0: yeah I, I get what you're where you're coming from uh John I think this is. It's a little of both, in my opinion, like Howard is getting healthier, mm-hmm. certainly than Jimmy I mean he's um, at least but getting this might some be therapy. a step yeah. toward toward what what comes later, which is true happiness and health, right like it, it, changing the decor in your office <laughs> like after seeing this episode, I'm more on board with what Hugh yeah. and John were thinking because he's such a caricature of of a person who
1: thinks they're getting healing. better yeah. yeah
0: thinks they found the path to to enlightenment
1: it's also 2004 which is like peak year of this bullshit i feel like or at least it's the beginning of when this bullshit was super what super is this popular. bullshit
0: that you speak of
1: this adoption of eastern
0: cultural appropriation
1: yeah but like eastern spirituality in general uh uh-huh. I feel like it got very popular late '90s, early 2000s. Oh
0: yeah, I think once um, everybody, once Apple became popular again, and everybody realized, oh, Steve Jobs was actually like this, this meditating sort of Eastern philosophy hippie guy when he was younger, Hmm. um, and that he carried over some of those practices into his business. It's 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 a very Silicon Valley kind of cultural like tech culture bro thing to do here
1: yeah, yeah that's what I mean it's like it's proto that yeah basically and it, and it is it feels so much like a veneer yeah just his newest veneer
0: fine you guys are right <laughs> I'm wrong
1: no it's it's sweet that you want to believe in people just put your I like fucking that socks you. back
0: on disgusting <laughs> disgusting Howard
1: I never go barefoot even in our own house I'm always besocked
0: <laughs> and that's it that's it for our episode. Uh, we're going to leave it on foot talk. We'll be back for more foot talk next week. We've got uh, what I'm sure is going to be a high tension episode. I've I've read the synopsis. I won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to. In case you don't want spoilers, but I've watched the next time on and all that. And I'm really looking forward to next week.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so much fun.
0: And we'll see you then. Of course, we'll be back with another podcast uh, Wednesday of next week. Yep. And until then. I'm Jim.
1: I'm Alexis, and I hope that you're taking care of yourselves out there. Things yeah. are scary, but we will get through this. Wash
0: your hands. Don't keep, go outside keep your socks if you don't on. have to. Definitely don't expose your bare feet to anyone <laughs> or anything. All
1: right, yeah, it's all jokes, all jokes. (laughs) Take care of yourself. No, I'm serious. Jim doesn't love you, but I do. We're
0: we're we're self quarantining (laughs) aside from being in this office.
1: Yeah, which record a podcast. We may have to move from the office depending on how bad things get.
0: We may have to, but we're an office of three people here. Um, Yeah,
1: four people, if you wanna. In in a building that is
0: basically closed down because. Mm It's also part school, so.
1: But my point being, even if we do have to move from this main office, we'll still Mm -hmm. be podcasting from our houses. It's not a big deal.
0: Absolutely. So whatever happens with this crazy corona thing. We're with you. We'll be back next week. Yep. And until then, I'm Jim.
1: I'm still Alexis.